Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast with your host Greg Fearon and today I have Manisha Morgan, a nutritionist who I'm sure is going to bring lots of laughter. She's going to bash some myths um, and I think there could be some rants so be ready on this episode. Manisha, welcome to the show. Hi Greg, thank you very much for inviting me. This is exciting, it's my first one. So. Ah, awesome. So we're breaking your podcast cherry. Awesome. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. And just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself like your, and then your journey to where you are now and why you do what you do. Okay, so um, I am... Um, uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm a qualified a certified nutritionist um, I kind of do it um, I, I also have a day job as well so I'm just kind of transitioning full-time into uh, the nutrition world um, but I've been practicing for about two and a bit years um, got qualified last year and um, what led me uh, to the world of nutrition is quite a few things over a period of about probably 15 years mm-hmm. um it all started off with um i've been going to the gym for years uh years and years had personal trainers for years and years and um eventually i did the marathon in 2016 and um wow. actually i say I, I signed up for the marathon got a bit carried away with the running had major injuries so after four weeks of training i had to pull out um, but I said, look, my tickets and everything are already booked and I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. So I couldn't train for the rest of the, the, the whole time. So basically, I didn't really do any training because I wasn't the runner. And it turns out it was because I wasn't um, eating enough protein because I didn't, you know, back in that, this was 2016. I don't even know if social media was around then, but I <laughs> really did not have any clue about, I mean, what, what even protein. I, I didn't even know what I was eating, to be honest with you. So I now then at the time I realized that I wasn't fueling my body correctly so that's number one from the gym perspective the second thing was when I got married uh, I found out that um, on the ex- on the outside I was a picture of health you know I went to the gym very active didn't drink, drink don't smoke um, but uh, ended up having to have IVF uh, quite a few rounds of it and that's when my real nutrition journey kind of started because I understood the importance of, you know, what, 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 what you see on the outside is not a reflection of what you see on the inside um, and just what nutrition can do to the inside of your body as well as the obvious things with, you know, mental health, et cetera, and the way that you look. Um, so that was the second one. But even then, I still didn't really kind of take it seriously, kind of dabbled with it, got a little bit more interested, kind mm-hmm. of did it most of the time, but not all the time. And then the real crux was about four years ago when I started to hit the menopause. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, right. Um, you know, everything just gets more and more difficult. And really, that's where it kind of stemmed from. I just thought I'm getting older. Um, I want to stay healthy. And it became more of health then, more than uh, rather how I wanted to look or how I wanted to feel. It was just mm-hmm. I understood the importance in particular of exercising and nutrition, at, at, you know, for, for older health rather than for now. So that's what led me to go ahead and do a, a, a course in nutrition. And here I am. And I love it. Awesome. So um, I often, often we've met through social media, haven't we? So yeah. um, often I see a few of your little rants. There's some really great information you put out, but there's also a few rants. So let's have a rant to start with. Let's give the listeners a little Rah. Where do you want to start? Which topic? <laughs> well, let's, well, let's, let's, um, I think we, we had a conversation maybe about two weeks ago where one of your pet peeves was about people ramming certain nutrition biases. Yes, that's the yes. word. Thank you. Down people's throats. So what's your thoughts on what was that about? Um, I mean, you see, when it comes to weight loss, most people, um, most clients, they want something um, that is very very extreme and very different to what they're doing at the moment so when somebody comes along and says right okay you know the best way to lose weight is to cut out a food group or to do a certain type of exercise or to do this you know people fall into that trap of well you know what um i've I've been eating carbs or i've been eating sugar and you know i haven't been losing weight so if i cut it out I must lose weight. Um, and it's those extreme, like, you know what, we all have biases. Like I'm sure you have your biased way of eating or your biased way of, of dieting. I have mine, you know, I have lots of mine. But the important thing is, is that as a, as a professional, 
um, whatever job you do, you should never inflict your biases onto the people that you're working with because what you should be doing is looking at that person, their lifestyle, their preferences, and then basing your, um, basing their program, their plan around what they want. Because at the end of the day, um, you want something that's going to be a program that's going to be adherent and a program that's going to be sustainable. So if you say to somebody, right, I want you to go on the cabbage diet or, you know, I want you to go start drinking celery juice. Is it sustainable? No. Is it best for your health? No. Will you lose weight? Perhaps maybe a little bit at the beginning, but it's, it's not the right way to do it. So I, I have an issue with anybody who um, inflicts their own biases onto people. And especially if there's no evidence behind their claims because I am, by the way, an evidence-based practitioner. Mm. And that's an interesting point. Um, and I'm going to upset. I'm, I'm going to upset a group of people on the podcast. And I don't mean to. I've spoken about veganism on the podcast before, but I think where people have to just be very careful is, like you said, is the line between this is the way that I do it, and this is mm. the way you should do it. Because um, it's really hard for people to change their lifestyle, right? Absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, Greg, I had, a, I had a conversation with a client just a couple of days ago. Let's talk about calories tracking. Okay, I am biased towards calorie tracking because, um, because I think initially it just gives people an understanding of what the foods that they're eating and just a bit of an awareness. However, should that be for everybody? Absolutely not. So I, the first question I ask my clients is, do you, do you want to calorie track? I give them the pros and the cons. And I say to them, look, if you're obsessed with numbers, if it's going to stress you out, if it's going to be time consuming, don't do it. Hmm. But however, if you want to have a little bit more education around what you're eating, calorie tracking should never, ever, ever be forever, ever. It should be for a short period of time. And that's a classic example of, you know, you, you get people um, who are really, really pro, you must do it. But then equally, you get a lot of influencers, dietitians, um, nutritionists who are anti-calorie tracking. Now, those people, Greg, I, I, I don't know if you know of these people, but they've all come from a history of uh, eating disorders so of course they are going to um, um, uh, discourage people from doing that well I don't come from a history of eating disorders so um, if I had a client that did come from a history of eating disorders we wouldn't even discuss it so again it goes back down to looking at the individual person looking to see what is best for them because stress as we know plays a massive part in weight loss and if anything is going to stress you out shouldn't be doing it so that's that's a really interesting point because you do get a lot of these influencers who who are very much no you shouldn't calorie track because it's diet culture yeah and all these kind of things and I don't I don't think there's an issue with wanting to change your body you can still love yourself and change your body but I do think there's this there's too much of this you must do my way and people grab onto that yeah and, and this is the thing and, and, and Greg let me tell you something I don't know if you know but a lot of nutritionists are nutritionists for a reason okay yeah. they've had their own journey okay yeah. so I've had my own journey and that's why my passion is about health because I've seen how you know I've got I've got twins who are nine years old um, I had five rounds of IVF in one year so anyone who's had IVF will know that's that's really demanding you know psychologically on your body on your health everything uh, mentally financially now um, would I um, so so for me I come from a health perspective with my nutrition for other people it's because they've come from a history of eating disorders or whatever it might be you know there might be athletes that have you know gained an interest in their nutrition and then they've gone to do it as a career so everyone is there for for a reason so it depends on what your reason is and that reason generally becomes their passion so i see this all the time with influencers and it really winds me up because i just think to myself well that's your way but actually you might have a client who who, who hasn't got an eating disorder and actually they might want to track calories but if you're if you're having that um that opinion from the beginning you're not even giving them an option whereas i am pro calorie counting for a short period of time but however i give the option and it's always best to lay out the pros and cons of any scenario and give people the option to decide for themselves based on themselves mm. their their lifestyle what their obsessiveness is you know so um 
yeah, I, I, I do find, and that's my next rant actually, that's com coming up is about influencers who are anti dieting and anti, you know, calorie counting. Oh, go on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's talk about it. Go on, let, let's dive in. So there's a, there's this kind of movement called Haze, I believe it's like health at every size. And one of the things I've seen recently is a lot of ladies who are, look, let's just be honest, they're fairly overweight, obese, and they've been in that kind of health at every size movement. And then they've decided that they want to change their bodies. And then what's happened is that they've been kind of, oh, you shouldn't be dieting. You shouldn't be trying to lose weight and all this kind of stuff. Love yourself. And that really jars me. Like, it's your body. Do what you want with it. If you want to get bigger, get bigger. If you want to get smaller, get smaller. It's your body. You decide. But yeah, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And the, the way that I see that is, you know what, at the end of the day, being slim doesn't make people happy. Being overweight doesn't make people happy. So the root of everything for me, and this isn't just about nutrition, it's about life in general, is, being ha is happiness. Because you can't buy happiness. You can have everything given to you on a plate. You can have you know, money in the bank. But if you're not happy, then it kind of negates everything. And I will say to people, you know, again not with dieting just generally if you're dying if you're on your deathbed you know if you can look back on your life and say you know what i've had a happy life you, you're doing well yeah mm -hmm. so whether that so whether that is because you're a size 18 or whether it's because you're a size 8 it doesn't matter uh, what matters is that you have a healthy relationship with your brain really your mental health should always come first mm -hmm. now there are advantages of not advantages should i say that's probably the wrong word but there are lots of health benefits of having less body fat mm -hmm. um, and as we know that not everybody who is slim has low body fat because you could be skinny fat which means that you are slim and this is me actually probably still is me now um, which is where you appear to be slim but you actually have a high level of body fat um, visceral fat is yep. that what it's called yeah yep. around your vital organs um, and that's not healthy so um, it, it's again looking at the individual person, but equally you have overweight people who have no, my sister is massively overweight, but she has no health issues. Hmm. However, could she benefit from losing a little bit of weight? Yes, because when it comes to just general movement, she really struggles, Greg, you know, and it's, hmm. and, 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 and as a person who is, uh, the only time I've, I can relate to being how she is, is when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. because I'd gained about five stones when I was pregnant because I was carrying twins and right. um, it was really I mean it's difficult being pregnant anyway but when you're that big and you're pregnant everything I, slows I would down never know. I would never know no you don't <laughs> want to know Greg <laughs> you don't want to know but you know what so so there are there are some disadvantages from a health perspective and there are lots of studies which show that you know high levels of body fat um can lead to higher higher inflation uh, inflammation in the body which can then lead to metabolic disease so there are all of those but that's not to say that everybody who is uh, a certain weight will experience those mm. so again it, it's down to the person and you know as you know with it in your pt the bottom line for any type of behavioral change is the person has to accept that they're ready for change because if you're not ready for change then I, I'm wasting my time and, and I've learned this now over time is when I'm speaking to anybody even if it's just a friend about nutrition or I now know when to stop because sometimes I know I'm wasting my breath people need to be ready and, and equally if people come to me and asking me for a consultation I now don't chase them up them up because I think well if you want it then you, you you've got to show me that you that you're ready because you know what it takes a little bit of commitment it's not going to be easy especially if you're new to this whole world and, and what i teach people greg is i teach people i actually teach people how to understand nutrition how it impacts their health how it impacts um how they can um how could they be flexible around their their way of eating to um, adapt to their situations you know and that all takes time and there's got to be a certain level of commitment involved from the other person in order to learn that because i'm not you know and, and actually what i forgot to mention was what really kick-started my nutrition course for myself was i did the body coach and um, the body coach was a meal plan uh and I hated that food. Absolutely hated it. Oh, so I didn't really get the, the same, results. Is this the same body coach who said, who tells people not the calories don't matter? 
but then actually says calories matter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think his marketing team probably said, yeah, I think we should probably maybe admit to that. But you see what happened in that program is, um, is you just get given a plan. You get given your macro. I think you get given a, yeah, you, no, sorry, you don't get given a macro. No, you just get a meal plan. Right. So you've got no idea. So by the way, you've got no idea how active that person is because your calories are dependent on your energy in and your energy out. So how does, so if me and you are exactly the same height, the same weight, the same build, everything pretty much the same, but you're, you've got a desk job and I'm a post lady, for example, I'm going to be burning a lot more calories than you are. So all that kind of stuff isn't taken into, consider, into consideration. And that's one of the reasons why different people get different results when they're on these body plans, mm. uh, on these meal plans, because they're not bespoke. But also what happened is at the end of the three months, you get given this whole macro kind of like summary and I'm like, what the hell is a macro? You know, so there's absolutely no education. And the reason why there is no education with a lot of programs is because they want you to come back. Yeah. They want you to fail and come back to them. I totally agree that for me with my nutrition coaching, it's, it's all about, I want you to go away. Now it's really weird. A lot of my clients will stay hmm. like, go away. You don't, I don't, you don't need to be with me. <laughs> They're educated, but yeah. you're right. It's for me and I'm with you is about the empowerment of it. Yeah. So you mentioned something a minute ago and it really caught my attention. Do you think that we're trying to make change or nutrition easy, too easy? Like we sell it as like this really easy thing. So all you have to do is this, this and this to get the results. But you were saying that actually it's harder than what people think it is. Yeah, I think it's harder because people say eat, eat less, move more. Well, yes, that's right. But what about the whole education about the eating? Because the movement thing is, I don't know, maybe it's, it's okay. But even with the movement thing, you know, one of the, the, the first questions that I normally get asked is, do you know a PT? And I'll say, well, what's your goal? And they'll say, I want to lose weight. I'll say, so why is that your first port of call? A PT will certainly help you to achieve what you want to achieve, but your first port of call is nutrition you have to understand the three different macronutrient groups fats carbs and proteins and how they impact your body why you need them and then understand how much of what you need depending on what your goal is so yes i do think it's simplified um, and a lot of people don't teach that and you know what in the first month of um working with me most people might find it a little bit overwhelming but you know what we take it step by step so week one we'll do something week two we'll focus on something else week three because it can be very overwhelming because people don't they don't know neither did i and i always have to remind people and anybody listening you know you should never feel that oh my gosh i don't know anything because you and i both started not knowing anything you know, so it's all a learning game. I'm still learning now. So, um, yes, I think it is a little bit simplified. And personally, I think the way to success is to understand what works for you, how to implement it and the strategy that you're going to take, because there are lots of different strategies. They all work, but it's finding one that's going to suit you. And that's a really good point. Like, you know, what makes me laugh. So I'm going to. And people listening will understand on Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn, wherever people are, their social media and they put up this stuff going, I'm an individual woman. I'm this woman. I'm unique. Blah, blah, blah. And then on the other hand, Oh, can I follow that diet plan? Yeah. Why do you think yeah. that happens? Um, I think, I think it all comes back down to the lack of education. Um, I think there aren't enough people educating. Everybody will probably tell you bits and pieces of the jigsaw, but what you need is you need all the play, or you need all the pieces of a jigsaw in order to understand how it works. Um, and I think diet plans for some, and you know what, diet plans for some people do work. I know my cousin, she would hate it if I said to her, look, you can eat what you like. And, and I, believe it or not, people really struggle with, you can eat what you like. You can eat what you like, what you enjoy. Let's just make small changes. Yeah. So you like, if you like eating bread, eat bread. Let's pick a different type of bread. That's all. But so is, think, that because, uh, is that because people, people have been conditioned to think that everything has to be really hardcore and they, they have to eat like their favorite influencer? 
Yes. Right. Uh, people think that, um, you know, you've got, a, and it's, and it's very unfortunate that even with personal trainers, as you know, there are lots of people who have millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, and they just convey the wrong messages. So, you know, um, on my story yesterday, um, a couple of days ago, I came to hear about Ollie Murs. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say names, but he was promoting a um, omega-3 gummy bear tablet. Okay. Now, when I looked, first of all, cod liver oil is not the same as omega-3. He also mentioned the fact that there was vitamin D in there. The vitamin D in there was so minute that it didn't even meet the um the government recommendations and as nutritionists we recommend a lot higher right. dose yeah yeah so you see already there he has 3.4 million viewers right followers how many of those people even if one percent of those people went out and bought those they've been misinformed so i basically did a rant about that i said you know influencers celebrities you know they get given these products for free they don't understand, I don't expect them to understand what exactly is EPA and DHA. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't under, expect them to understand that, but I expect the manufacturers to explain to them what it is, because if you're going to be promoting a product, mm -hmm. that's what you need to do. Now, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's just that kind of thing you see, that these people who have a massive following, why wouldn't you believe them? You know, because if you're not following people like myself and you who give a neutral overview of, you know, for you, for whatever you're promoting for your PT and me for nutrition, why would you know? Because I had so many messages after that saying, oh, my God, I had no idea. I said, well, well, why would you? Because if you're only following people like him, big celebrities, then, you know, and what I said actually was me and you get paid a salary, right? What do celebrities get paid for? what is their, you know, a lot of them, that is their salary. Yes, endorsements, yeah, of a product. Yes. So, you know, so if you're going to get paid, I don't know how much, a lot of money, it can be quite tempting. So, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's really frustrating because there's little me, you know, trying to convey the right messages, but yet we need to spread the word more mm. um, to, to a lot more people to say, look, this is how it should be. And I think because they've been conditioned, like you say, to, to believing, like even with personal trainers, I, I've seen so many on Instagram saying, oh, this is how you need to get rid of your, your bingo wings. And this is how you need to uh, get rid of your, your thigh fat. And I'm like, but we know that that can't be possible. Yet you're misleading people. But is the, I think the issue is, and this is the, the problem, <sighs> Nutrition, coaching, all of that, all, PT, all of that stuff. Well, I think what's happened is, is that marketers got hold of PTs and nutritionists. Yeah. So we're now trying to write headlines that sell. Yes. The dream to the client. Um, and that's really tough because obviously you want people to come in and work with you and help you. And you've got, we've all got businesses to run. Um, we've got bills to pay and stuff. We, you know, me and you've trained in nutrition I've trained, you know, movement stuff. We've trained, we've done all these yeah. courses over the years. So we, we want to give people, help people. But in order to compete, people, it needs to stand out. Mm -hmm. So people will do the, the bingo wing workout and all that kind of stuff, which we know is absolute rubbish. I mean, I get asked all the time, how do I reduce my tummy fat? Well, if I knew the answer to that, I'd probably have like 10 million followers. Do you see what I mean? So, um... Calorie deficit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Patience consistency you know those are the things that people don't want to hear that's the thing you know people want to hear and you know i was the same greg like i used to say to my personal trainer and i look back now to all those years i had a personal trainer i'm like oh my god you didn't tell me that you didn't tell me that why didn't you tell me that you know so um it's and it's the same for nutritionists as well it, it, it's people a lot of people tell people what they want to hear and the hard truth is is actually there's not there is a lot, there is some change, but actually there's not that much change. It's just about the education. Yeah. Definitely. You know, because when you're dieting, you don't need to, you know, I always say to my clients, like, like t tell me what you like. If you like yogurt, bread, pasta, whatever it is, just tell me what you like. And then let's find a version of that food that will fit into your macros, into your calorie 
uh, for the day, whatever, you know? So popcorn is a great, great example. I love popcorn. If you go and buy the standard popcorn, you know, it can be the, the sweet ones can be quite high in calories. So, you know, if you buy the skinny popcorn, it's like a third of the calories. So there's just, it's, that's the kind of education, isn't it? That you kind of want to give people, because I would say to people that once you finish with me, you won't ever need to go and see anyone else again because you'll have you'll be armed with that information you'll yep. know what strategy to take when you have an event coming up so because let's face it greg like again i'm sure you will know weight loss is a lot easier than weight, weight maintenance isn't it do you know what i i was talking to um someone else about this the other day i think i do think we have a i think to one of my clients actually we do have a weight maintenance issue not a weight loss issue yeah yeah because we all know to a degree that what we kind of need to do for weight loss. But actually, I mean, I, in fact, I had a lady yesterday, my first one actually as a new client who's come to me for weight maintenance. And I've said to her, it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit of trial and error because, and you will gain a little bit of weight back. So be prepared for that. But actually you need to find a way now that is going to be sustainable for the weight that you're going to, you know, uh, for, for the weight that you're at now. So, um, and that can be quite, tricky um yeah i i think i kind of explain it as like i, I use this example and i just say how many times have you you've gone up and down the scale so when clients have plateaus or they think are plateaus and they're actually just yes. in maintenance i'm like right we i've sometimes put clients on two weeks of maintenance like yeah absolutely yeah like, great we idea don't, we don't do check-ins we just you know and we just enjoy life a little bit remove the stress there's a bit of a diet break and then afterwards like oh my god I've trained less and yeah, and I've enjoyed a few nights out and haven't gone up in weight. And I'm like, Ta -da. Well, one of those reasons for that is uh, because it resets um, going back to maintenance or in a slight slurper plus you're allowing your hormones to reset, aren't you? The ghrelin and the leptin levels. So, um, and that's really important because again, when I spoke to a, um, a client, this particular client yesterday, I said to her, how long have you been on a diet? And then she said, oh, I think it was since March, since pretty much since lockdown. And she's done amazing. I mean, she's done absolutely amazing um, to, to achieve what she's achieved. But I said, that's a long time um, to go, to be dieting without a diet break. So I said, you know, those are the kind of things that when people are going alone, they obviously wouldn't know because why would you know? I, I, I wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known that. So that, that, that maintenance period, again, can be quite um, unusual for a lot of people. Just, just like sometimes when people go on holiday and they're like, oh, my weight didn't go up. And I'm like, well, you probably needed that to reset all your hormones, you know? Yeah, physically and mentally, just a break from being in the deficit. It's um, Yeah. yeah no, and especially if you're training as well because training is really... Um, uh, taxing as well to the body isn't it it's really stressful again because a lot of people don't a lot of women don't understand that because they're doing all this extra cardio or lifting or moving and they're on like 800 calories a day I'm like oh my god no. yeah I'm I'm it's interesting so I'm really pushing nutrition a lot more and I'm really working a lot more online with nutrition and I'm saying to clients you're going to train less and they're like oh my god no you train less and then when they lose weight they're like oh yeah it, uh, and, and exactly that like sometimes i've had to say to people look your step count is like 20 odd thousand we need you to i need you to go back down to 10 and they're like what i said you know you just gotta trust me <laughs> but you know it, it's quite a lot of trust greg that they have in people like yourself and me and that's why that relationship between you and your coach is so important you know you've got to find i said to people you've got to find somebody that you're that you're going to be comfortable working with that you're going to be honest with because one of the conversations that i have at the beginning is please be honest with me about anything that you may have done or may not have done because otherwise I'll be sitting thinking, hey, hang on a minute, that's so she's done that, she's done that, you've done that, and that's done. But yeah, you haven't lost any weight this week. I said, if you've had a binge, if you've gone out and over gone, it's fine, just tell me. And, you know, it's really important to have that open relationship of trust mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they will get to where they want to get to a lot quicker. Um, and, and, and then you will know, I will know, what to adapt if we need to adapt to anything. Okay. So um, that's that's really important. So there was something you alluded to later on. I want to kind of switch tack a little bit. And you talked about protein. Now, are you vegetarian? Just to remind me. Yes. Awesome. So good right background. Yes. Ah, so lots of Rotley and Shaq and Mug. Oh, and yeah. Envor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my mum was. My mum's 
been staying with me. So that first uh, lockdown, she stayed with me for about three months. So I had yeah. all of everything that you just mentioned up loads of times. And then just now in the last lockdown, she went home on the 2nd of December. Um, oh my gosh. And do you know what? It really opened up my eyes. To, I kind of knew about a vegetarian protein diet, but it really opened up my eyes. And I do speak about it quite a lot and how it can be quite challenging. Again, if you don't know, how to meet your protein requirements as a vegetarian and as a vegan, even more so. So, as because I've got quite a lot of um, an, a, an Indian um, following, ha- hence why I know a little bit of yeah. food and, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I you like, like it all though, Greg. Yeah, I like, like it all. Babe, some rotli and some shack. Yeah, brilliant. With a little bit of mug on the side. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm down. I'm down. Um, <laughs> so how, because one of the things I try to really explain, because obviously a lot of them are vegetarian, is about protein. So how do you, what can ladies do listening to this? How can they get their protein up if they're vegetarian? That's a real big one. Yeah, um, I think, um, so I've done a lot. And I think, Greg, I don't know if you find this as well, but I found that the most talked about macronutrient is protein because it's the most challenging one because you know what i've never had to say to anyone oh can you up your carbs a little bit more can you up your fats a little bit more (laughs) oh you're not eating enough carbs generally it's like can you reduce them a little bit so it is really challenging and i think what what i say to people i mean i've got loads of information on my page i just did it just before christmas on literally talked everyone through step by step learning all about protein what is protein what's a complete protein what's an incomplete protein and vegetarians and vegans need to be a little bit more savvy about this you see because then it helps them to make better choices and like you said it's the empowerment so we need to understand you know what's an incomplete protein what's a a complete protein what's a lean protein so a lot of vegetarian asian food is not lean Is, is that because there's lots of ghee and lots of well, um, well, if you add in ghee and all that to it, then yes. But if you're taking like mug, for example, if you take anything like janab, chickpeas, any types of the lentils, beans, whatever, they do have a level of protein in them, but they're actually higher in carbs and they are in protein. So um, now if you're dieting, that's quite important because you want to try to get as much protein as you can for the least amount of calories. So that's where lean protein comes into um, consideration because as a vegetarian in the Asian diet, there aren't that many lean proteins. So, um, so if you have mug with rice, for example, that's a perfect combination. That's a perfect example of a complete protein because, I mean, I, I won't go into the science of it no, because it's a little bit complicated, but there are certain foods that need to be combined together to make a complete protein and mug and rice is one of them. Any kind of lentils and beans and rice is, is one example. But for vegetarians, you know, um, we need to find lean sources of protein and that is pro- foods that are high in protein but have less or lower uh, carbs and fats and that's really important for when you're dieting because then it means that you can enjoy a lot more rutley and a lot more rice and everything else. So, you know, corn is an example. And luckily, because of uh, the, uh, oh God, what's that Netflix documentary? Oh, Game Changer. Don't, don't get me started on Game Changer. Because of Game Changer, the only good thing that came out of Game Changer, right, is so many people became vegans. And as a result of that, we now have a lot more products on the market. I mean, a lot more, Greg. Two years ago, it was tofu or corn pretty much and Linda McCartney. Now every supermarket has their own range. And you know what? Some of them are bloody brilliant. So that is, that is the only (laughs) positive thing about the game changer coming out, but everything else that's in the documentary is rubbish as we know. (laughs) But, um, but yeah. um, So yeah, so there's a lot more products available now. And again, I had this conversation yesterday with an Indian vegetarian uh, client about you know what it is going to be have to be about trial and error you know you, you're going to have to just buy some of these protein foods and see what you like you know but uh, another quick tip is swapping your uh, low fat yogurt um the the greek style or any other type of yogurt for greek yogurt you can make chash with a uh, greek yogurt you can make raitu with greek yogurt you can um you know, I've got quite a lot of dishes, actually. Vagari, rutli, you can make with Greek yogurt. So what gadi you can make. So, you know, there's lots of examples of um, where you can um, include higher proteins into the foods that you're eating. So already we haven't said, I haven't said, oh, you know, don't eat that and don't eat that. What we've said is 
I just add a little bit there. You know, so with your potato shag, have your potato shag, but have a little bit of yogurt on the side. Have your mutter, you know, your, your peas and beans shag, whatever. Um, and actually, peas is another one because I did a protein hack um, video a few weeks ago. And uh, peas is another good one. Yep. And actually now what I say to my mom is when she makes me peas, aubergine and green green beans is I say add a little bit of edamame beans in there because edamame beans are a complete protein mm. and they're actually really nice so you know she made me a soya you can get like soya chunks um we only tried this for the first time I'm gonna be honest I wasn't keen on it my husband liked it but soya chunks curry nice so um but I think maybe it was a way that she made it I think you could definitely make it a lot in a different way but again it's all experimental you know a lot of this stuff as, as a vegetarian um, we're just going to have to experiment and just find what we like. So how she made it, I didn't necessarily like, but the soya bits were actually quite nice. And that's an example of a lean protein. Awesome. So so, can, so let's just stay on this topic for a second. I think this is a really important one. And this would be awesome for my clients. And you've got a big Asian following, I'm sure, as well. So I think the cultural aspect is probably is, is a real challenge. Um, I find it's, um, yeah, but, but this is how we cook. And I, and I get that. I'm not disputing that. Yeah. An interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll just highlight an interesting thing. Um, as a proportion in the UK, black African and Caribbean and Indian women have the highest proportion of diabetes. Yes. Population. Yeah. So that already tells me that obviously me from a West Indian background, Indian women, the, the, the way that you live and eat isn't quite working for a lot of you. Got to change it, people. Got to change it. So you have to try, and you have to be a bit intentional about how you about how you do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I've had quite a few diabetic clients who we've managed to get into remission, um, and that's amazing. I mean, that's such an amazing thing because, as we know, diabetes is a metabolic condition. So if you have diabetes, you're quite highly uh, you're at high risk of getting high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and lots of other conditions. So you know, to reverse even just one will improve your health massively but you know so the asian diet people will say to me oh the asian diet's really unhealthy I said, it's not unhealthy i'll tell you what's unhealthy about the asian diet is the amount of oil that we put in foods and the amount of fried food that we have in food so i go to india pretty much every year and i love i love indian food i mean i could i could eat it forever yeah um but um what um you know it's like it's like even if you go to an indian restaurant and you ask for a poppadum it always comes fried have you noticed that always comes fried and i'm like can you can you roast it for me and they're like oh you know so uh, fried food tastes better but do you know what it's that kind of thing where we need a little bit of education around you know what eat fried food eat it but eat less of it you know um and um put your ghee in your food again ghee is not unhealthy i did a whole thing on um yeah, no not at all that's mm. the other day you know people were surprised when i said ghee is actually one of the better fats to cook with but it's the amount that you put in. And the other thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, my husband always says to me, oh God, he, he loves my mom's cooking. I said, well, I'll tell you why he loves my mom's cooking. Number one, she puts a load of bloody oil in it. And number two, she puts a load of bloody gore in it. I don't know what the word, English word for gore is. Is it um, uh, jaggery? It's jaggery. Jaggery there, so yeah. Yeah, jaggery. Or she'll say to me, yeah, but it's not sugar. Okay. It pretty much is right. Um, so you know, and I'll say to her, and she she now knows that if she cooks anything and she adds sugar to it, I won't eat it because I'll just say to her, I don't need it. Put a few extra spices in it, get the flavour that way. You don't need to put, you know. So that's the problem with Indian cookery and the older generation of ladies. Um, this is the thing; they can't, they find it difficult to do all of those, implement all of those things. So even just, I'm not saying cut it out. I'm saying gradually reduce it because that's the best way to do it. Indian food has got so many nutritional benefits. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We just need to make it work for us. Awesome. So, um, so yeah, um, carry on enjoying it. Just make a few changes, like don't add sugar um, and don't put as much ghee in it and don't, just eat less fried, fried food. So you just touched on a very good point. Um, because I get a lot, I've got a lot of clients that come to me and they're like, oh, do you know what it is, Greg? I eat too much sugar or I eat too much bread. Yeah. And one of the things I point out to a lot of people is that the high calorie foods are the ones with fat in them. Yeah. Is that something you, you experience a lot of? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, fats, so when you look at uh, the three macronutrients, fat, carbs, and proteins, uh, carbs and proteins have four calories per gram mm -hmm. of that particular food. Fat, however, has nine, so it's more than double calories per one gram. So also, again, I have people say to me, oh, but I have a healthy diet. So this is why when people say they're healthy eating, um, but they're not losing weight, that could be a reason why, because you're eating all the right foods, you're eating nuts and beans, so, um, nuts and seeds and avocados. avocados. Yeah. They're all healthy for you, olive oil. But how much of it are you eating? Because it's very, very easy. I mean, again, this goes back down to calorie, calorie awareness. A whole avocado could be 300 calories. That's yeah. a lot. You know, that's a, that's it's a very meal. Healthy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of my meals. Yeah, but um, you know, so it's very um, so um. It, we just need to be a bit more aware of the foods that we eat um, that, are, that are higher in fats. That's not to say fat, eating fat does not make you fat, but like with any food group, it's how much of that food that you eat. So, um, and as you know, the problem is, is the foods that contain, and actually my next video on Monday, I'm gonna, I'm gonna record it today, is all about sugar addiction and is it real? Because, yeah, um, yeah, because uh, I've never, I don't know about you, Greg, but I have never seen anybody put a spoon in a bag of sugar and eat it. Have you? No, no, no. What you do is you get a, um, a five pound note, roll it up. You have to get an old one because these. Yeah, I, I like this one. I like yeah. this one. Yeah, these, yeah, yeah. These new notes don't roll, right? <laughs> so you keep one. one. I like that one. I'm going to steal that idea from oh, you. Yeah, well, okay. As long as you give me credit, right? So what you... <laughs> I will do <laughs> You have to roll up your five pound note and start snorting your sugar out of the bag. That's <laughs> yeah. how you know you're addicted to sugar. Like no one yeah. does that. Um, the problem with, with the problem with um, I keep saying problem. I don't mean to say problem. Um, sugar foods that are tasty um, contain a lot of fats and the wrong type of fats, trans fats, okay? Um, those are the things that we find in crisps, chocolates, uh, cakes, fried foods, and they are all the things that we like, we love, you know? And it's very palatable. Yeah, fat, you know? fat so, things tasty. Like, I mean, how, how, many, how, how many times have you heard of somebody eating just one biscuit? I mean, like, hello? Uh, it's just really hard, isn't it? And also, these foods, Greg, are normally quite cheap. So, you know, how often have you, I'll tell you what, I, I love my strawberries, right, and blueberries in my smoothie. They're bloody expensive. So I've never been to any of the supermarkets and seen three for two or buy one, get two free on strawberries, but I've seen it on cakes, I've seen it on biscuits, I've seen, you see? So we just need to understand, is it sugar that we're addicted to, or is it the foods that contain these high levels of carbs and sugars? Yeah. Because trans fat is what makes it nice. Yeah, it's the mix. It's it's a yeah. combination of salt and fat or sugar and fat. That's what gives you the mix. I mean, have you ever heard of any of your clients ever said, "Oh my god, I can't wait to eat a breast of chicken"? Have you? You're sado then. <laughs> Although I'd probably say, and this is where people need to understand, instead of having a chicken breast, to be fair for me, I'd rather have the thigh because the thigh is fattier. Right. Okay. Oh, I didn't know but that because I'm not. Yeah. Interested. So the thigh. So that yeah, me being a carnivore. Or omnivore, shall I say? Yeah. So the thigh is fatter, it's fattier, so it's more succulent. Okay. Whereas the breast is a little bit drier. So I'll uh -huh, I'll okay. naturally go for a thigh. Any, give me a, a choice. Thigh. That's why it's tastier then, because I've heard people say, yeah, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I honestly why, didn't know that. That's why thighs and legs are so tasty because right. the light But that right. that's the same for things like a chocolate bar. Yeah. It's interesting when I point it out to people and say you do know that actually 51% of the calories come from fat. And they're like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. That's the fats again. And that's not the same type of fat that we get from olive oil or what we get from, um, say, an avocado or what we get from nuts. That is trans fats. That's a whole different topic as well. But, um, and those are the kind of foods, they're all processed foods and there's a lot more um, stuff added into those to make it taste nicer and, and to help to preserve it more um for a longer period of time so but they're all the foods that we love you know that's that's the thing and the, but the message is that i'm getting from you is that you don't need to necessarily cut them out totally you just Definitely need to know not. where they fit and i think one of the things I, I i teach clients and i've been teaching this a lot lately is 
like, oh my God, I've, I've, I failed on my diet because I had a chocolate bar. And I'm like, which chocolate bar was it? And they're like, um, Cadbury's. I'm like, oh, 250 calories. So tell me where your other 12,000 calories came from. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And also the thing is, you know, when you're looking at dieting, you know, most people want quick results, obviously, but the only way you're going to get results over a period of time quicker is by something that is going to be adherent to that you're going to adhere to and something that you're going to be able to sustain for a period of time. And the way that you can do that is to enjoy some of the foods that you enjoy. So I have, uh, I'm sure you've heard of flexible dieting. I promote that a lot. That do you know what goes back to the whole, how we started the conversation uh, today. It's all about happiness. You've got to do things that make you happy. Um, you know, find foods. If, if you want that bar of chocolate a day, have it. You know, equally, if you have three bars of chocolate a day, you've done it. Move on. Tomorrow's a new day. You know, don't dwell on it. Just next time, be aware. Be aware of how it's going to make you feel afterwards. Because um, this, so, so flexible dieting is all about 80% of foods from nutrition, nutritious food. So that's where you're going to meet your fiber. You're going to meet your protein targets. You're going to meet all of those kind of targets. And then 20% of whatever it is that you want to enjoy. Yeah. And that way you'll be happier. You'll enjoy your dieting journey a bit, bit, bit more and um, you'll be happier and you'll be able to adhere to it. Awesome. So yeah, I definitely don't believe in food restriction. Um, again, I did a video on this yesterday. Absolutely not. You know, if you decide that you don't want to eat bread for a certain reason, fine. But do you, should you cut out gluten? No. Should you cut out carbs? No. And I would really question somebody um, if they wanted to cut out something specific. You know, people, you know, Greg, at work, I used to do um, sugar-free, no sugar November. We've done it for a period, we've done it for a number of years because I sit on the wellbeing team at work. And this year I said, I don't, I said, I don't want to do it because I don't believe in it. I said, the only reason why people feel better, um, you know, or, or they've lost weight, um, not eating any chocolates is because you've just, you've cut down. So, you know, so the, the best thing to do, so this year, what we started something new, we did inclusion instead of exclusion. So I said, right, for the month of November, let's try something new mm. every day, every week, try something new that you want, that you wouldn't have done before. So let's think about what we can include in our diet that you haven't included before rather than what you can exclude. And it's such a brilliant way of trying to get people to experiment with new foods. Mm. And it just changes that mind shift of, oh, I can't eat that, I can't eat that, I can't eat that, you know? So again, it's, it's all just down to, for me, it's all about education, I think, because I think it's really helped me. Mm. Awesome. So final question, this has been fun. Um, I want you to just leave the listeners with four tips your four biggest tips that they can take away and go to implement now from a nutrition point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, my first tip would be to um, eat an adequate amount of protein. Um, and as, you know, I said earlier about how that's always the most talked about pro, uh, macronutrient and it's because most people, even meat eaters don't eat enough. So um, eat a reasonable amount because you know what, especially if you're dieting, it's got so many advantages. And number one of them is, is that it will make you, feel fuller for a longer period of time. So make sure that you eat that. Just educate yourself a little bit on that. Second of all, find um, a way of um, implementing a, a diet strategy that you enjoy. Something that is gonna be, um, something that's gonna be able to fit into your lifestyle. So, you know, there's no point in me saying to somebody, right, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, if it's not gonna be achievable for them. Because if you're hitting your goals week on week, that's going to motivate you and it's going to make you more determined to carry on. The third one would be to um, increase your NEAT. So we haven't spoken about NEAT now, but, um, but NEAT is everything basically outside of the gym, anything outside of the gym or exercise, keep moving. It doesn't matter how you do it, whether it's um, uh, walking your dog, cleaning your house, uh, doing your gardening. I know it's not the right weather now, but, it doesn't matter. Just keep moving because that is the biggest game changer. And it was for me because you know what? I was active Monday to Friday. I used to walk the kids to school, walk from home. Saturday and Sunday, nothing. I used to think, oh God, don't have to walk the kids to school today. And modern day life means that there's less movement going on. We've got Amazon. We've got home delivery. We've even, I've even got robots in my area now. Can you believe it? Delivering food. 
It's amazing. Oh, wow. I mean, it's amazing, it's crazy, isn't it? but it is bloody amazing. At least before, right? at least before, right? If you wanted the takeaway, you actually had to go down the road and get it. But now, yeah. just... we've got we've got what's Uber Eats or whatever it is. So you know, it's really, it's really, you know, we, everything is at a tip of a button now. We've got cleaners. We've we've got so we're just moving less and less. I mean, this again, this is a whole different topic. But you know, when people say to me, "Oh, my metabolism's slowing down. I'm getting older." sweetheart it's you that slowed down amen you're slowing down amen you know remember those nights greg when you were in a when you were still partying away dancing away at 2 a.m in the morning oh yeah now you're in bed at nine o'clock i know now i'm like oh yeah going out yeah. i love i love lockdown i'm like yeah i can't go i don't need to go out anymore so um so <laughs> my tip number four would be um you know what to be kinder to yourself and to understand that this is a journey you're going to have ups and downs and you know what if one day you feel like you failed move on because we all have our days even you know me and you we know what we're doing and yet still we have our days when you're not in the mood you know like i've had a few days when uh, you know the last few months when i haven't fit in my fourth session session gym session of the week move on it's fine you know if, you, if, if it's what you do more of that matters rather than what you do less of so if you've overeaten on your calories one day or you haven't done it you missed a workout it's fine chill out but you know what don't make that a consistent behavior yeah awesome, awesome. so it, that's really important no but i think those those four tips anyone takes those away and implements them they're going to get some awesome results so just tell the listeners where they can find you um and how they can contact you so i am on instagram um my facebook page is a bit dead at the minute so instagram is where i'm at and uh, my instagram handle is manisha underscore your underscore nutritionist um and everything that i've talked about um today it's all in detail because i like to provide content to the people that are following me um and help them to make uh better decisions as we've mentioned so um, so yeah, that's Manisha underscore your, your nutritionist underscore, underscore something like that. Anyway. Cool. Awesome. I'll make sure that, um, your details will be in the, in the notes as well. So people can click and find you. And I think it sounds like we need to do like a part two on this one. So we'll, you know, at some point let's hook up and let's get you back on and we can dive into a specific topic. I'll tell you what part two would be good at, uh, would be good for cool. is, um, metabolism slowing down as oh. we're getting older. All right. Because, it, because I've learned that oh, the hard way. <laughs> my metabolism slowed down. Are you dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that'd it's be an like, interesting one. Yeah, it's a big so, one. I'd, I'd happily rap about that. So let's do that. That'd be awesome. So yeah, have an awesome day. And we'll catch you on the other side. Anyone listening back to this, share this podcast with your friends and family. Leave a review on iTunes so more people can hear the podcast. And I will see you soon. Talk soon, people. Bye. Bye.